for you guys is that uh, I get to follow up with my man from Across the Pond podcast. Um, you might have seen, heard the interview that we did uh, last week. But uh, we asked him a few questions, basically just to get his opinion on a few of the things that are happening um, in the NFL. His podcast does specialise on it, so I thought I'd ask him a couple of good questions. Um, he uh, goes through things uh, with Antonio Brown and the opt-outs, um, and of course uh, a few disastrous things that might be happening. But you'll hear the questions that go through, um, see what you reckon, and then uh, we'll jump into the episode from there. Um, and of course, we do have a tiebreak situation that pops up in the episode as well that uh, I'll get my met to break it for us next week. But uh, enjoy. Now, mate, look, there's a couple of questions. I know we went through a fair bit last week, but I really one of the things that popped up this week uh, was actually about AB, Antonio Brown. He was someone that I was a really big fan of when he was in Pittsburgh, but unfortunately he sort of dropped off. But the NFL's given him an eight-game an eight suspension. Um, but, but I just want to see what your thoughts were on uh, basically will he play and if so, uh, where you reckon he's going to end up? Listen, AB, he was a great player. I can't speak now, but he was a great player. You know, he might have he might have slowed down. He might have lost it a little bit, but he was, okay? Now, he's got his game, eight-game suspension. Teams know what they're going into. He can play in the league, I believe. He still can be a powerhouse in the league. Will teams be willing to take the risk on him? I don't know. I don't know. At least they know that he's got that eight-game suspension, but that's the big thing. How many teams are going to be up for taking on a player with an eight-game suspension? Um, but saying that, you know, this is one of those seasons that anything could happen with players opting out. So a team could take a risk on him, do well for the first eight games, and then bring him in and, you know, kill other teams. So... I don't know, it, it, he could be worth the risk, um, but at the same time, I mean, it's Antonio Brown. You never know what you're getting with that man. Now, moving on with the second question, mate, the big thing was all the opt-outs that are happening. And I know you talked about it in your podcast, but obviously there's been big ones like CJ Mosley, Donata Hightower, Patrick Chung, um, a whole stack, even like some backups like Brandon Bolden. But uh, is it, you reckon it's going to end up with uh, a lower quality of football that's going to be played or do you think it's just uh, a few of the top end players and for the most part it's just going to be the same old players that are going to rock up and, and, uh, and get the job done yeah, we've definitely got to look at this season and think it's the 2020 season it's the COVID season yeah I definitely think we'll see some teams that we believe to do well, um, not do as good. There'll be there'll be a few changes, but it's still it's going to be a season that with players opting out, um, we're definitely going to see a different brand of football, and maybe we will see a few teams maybe sneak up the division, but definitely we will see a difference. Mate, uh, the other question I wanted to ask you as well was. Mate, with the Major League Baseball, it's basically an absolute shambles. But um, is that sending bad vibes for you for the NFL kickoff, or are you still pretty confident? Yeah, the MLB really tried to make something this season. Um, and look, it was worth the shot. But yeah, with the with the cases growing in the MLB and you know players, you know slowly developing symptoms and more and more cases showing, I definitely think this is a doubt on the NFL side. Hey. This could happen to us too. I still think they'll go ahead with the season, but they've probably got their, their doubts. Um, I would really like to see the NFL replicate what the NFL, uh, sorry, the NBA did. But, you know, that's really difficult to do with the amount of players, coaching personnel. Um, you know, it, it's really difficult to do. The NBA has done it really well. Uh, but the NFL, I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's definitely going to be something to watch. Alrighty, boys, and we're in. How are we going? Good, mate. How are you? Oh, mate, I am kicking back on sunny. Well, it's actually starting to rain right now, and uh, but uh, the formerly sunny Airlie Beach. Um, I'm, uh, I've snuck away for an hour. Luckily, uh, I've got uh, my beautiful wife has uh, said okay for me to be able to come and uh, take an hour to talk crap about sport. So that's good. Good honour for that. Cost you? Uh, well. Do you mean as in that hour away? Yeah. Um, just, just my love and devotion because I'm <laughs> such a top bloke. 
Um, that's that's basically it. No, I'm not sure yet, mate. Well, I would normally find out a month down the track. But new Prada handbag or something like that. Exactly, exactly right. It's like, you remember that time when? And we're like, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. All right. How about you, Coots? How are you going, mate? Are you, you're, you're, are you back in uh, rural Adelaide? Rural South Australia. Yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, back in the middle of nowhere, mate. Yeah. Oh, mate, um, actually, that was one thing that um, Mehmet said to me um, when I, saw, I told him that you were uh, attached to a bear base in the middle of nowhere. He said, well, isn't basically Australia in the middle of nowhere anyway? I'm like, <laughs> shut up. You can, you can just no. shut your face, all right? This is, this is proper in the middle of nowhere, mate. Yeah, exactly. Proper middle of nowhere. No, no, he was proper. only joking. But I'm actually, he's actually going to be coming on doing a doing a segment um, with us, I've got a few questions I'm throwing his way. Um, we'll talk about them uh, as well, um, and we'll get um, and we'll see what he says about them as well. But um, I think look, we'll, we'll kick off with probably the, the most important question I asked him, um, and he hasn't given me a response to this one as yet. But uh, peanut butter or jam? Now, of course, being Aussies, Vegemite would be the top priority, hundred percent. But he's a Brit, so I thought we'll stick with. Peanut butter or jam. So, what for me? I, I'm probably probably gonna go. I, I'd say the peanut butter. What about you? What about you? Uh, let's say Bondi. What, what, which one would you pick, mate? Um, peanut butter gives me, or peanuts give me cold sores. So, I'm going with jam every day of the week. Jam. That's fair. What about you, Coots? I hate the sound of both of them, to be honest. <laughs> oh, you got to be joking. We, we how did nah, we end it up? Come on, you got to got to pick. Give me an alternative then. What would you pick instead of the two? If you said it before, Vegemite and cheese. I say oh, peanut butter and jelly or whatever the equivalent is so in Australia. You're just saying that you are too Australian to pick uh, peanut butter or jam. That's exactly what I'm saying. All right. Well, look, I'm, I'm going to have to get my met to do the tiebreaker then because he's basically just he, he's Swedened himself. And, uh, put, you know, yes. <laughs> no, wait, was it, Sw- it Switzerland? It, was it Sweden or Switzerland? I always forget which one is was the, the neutral one. I always get it mixed up. Switzerland. Thanks, man. Sorry. He switched himself and, uh, and, let, and put, put himself out in the middle. Uh, all right. Well, look, that was the big question, but look, um, the, the other one that to, to lead off the other big question that it comes up to, to mind for me anyway, um, was, do I give a damn about Sonny Bill Williams returning to the Roosters? Um, personally, I don't. I, I mean, the Roosters are, are doing quite well. Um, I don't exactly know what the go is with Sonny Bill Williams. I mean, I know he's obviously he's been a prolific player during his time, but well, I mean, I don't know, Bondo. What, what are your thoughts on it? Was it does it does it matter much for you, or is it just a slow news week? Well, for me to start with, I'm like, oh, as if anyone cares. Um, the only thing he had going for him um, was the big shoulder charge, and that's been ruled out these days. But um, I think he's a well-rounded athlete, um, you know, playing over in Canada. Um, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to him coming back and seeing what he brings. Um, it could be a massive flop. It could be a Jared Hayne, um, mm. or it could go the other way. Um, and he could provide, that, <laughs> could provide that firepower to get the Roosters the uh, Premiership, which I think um, they're about third in line for mine at the moment. So see how Sonny Bill Williams goes, and they might might jump up a place or two. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm t- I've got them tied third at the moment, which will actually will actually tip into that in a sec. We'll talk, speaking of um, having uh, tips for for winning the Premiership because it is the midway point, but. Look, um, I guess the the thing that um, with all this COVID stuff that's going on, um, Kusi, you probably jump in on this as well. Um, it's it's similar for both codes um, with basically the uh, the travel exemptions for both um, for coming in and out of Queensland. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, just because you're a professional sporting player doesn't mean that uh, you can't catch coronavirus um, and. With travel exemptions, I mean, I don't know. What, what do you guys reckon? Is it is it a fair thing, or is it, is it or or is it just a bit of a um, above the law type scenario? 
Mate, I think it's an above the law scenario. Sorry to cut your feet out there, Kitsy. Um, but that's yeah. mine. I'll let you go. <laughs> I'll let you go. Um, and I'll chip in at the end. Um, you, you stole the words out of my mouth, mate. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, you, you can't have um, a, a rule that the public has to follow and then athletes or someone else has to follow everything else, understandingly that there are, you know, critical jobs and whatever that need to happen. But this all flows onto what we spoke about probably weeks ago on a podcast that seasons will kick off because there's you know, hundreds of millions of dollars involved. So um, I think with some of the AFL clubs that came to Queensland, they had exemptions to get them into Queensland, but then they have strict rules within their camps and where they stay at and what they can and can't do anyway. So, you know, it's a bit of a funny one because obviously if these don't happen, you don't get sport. And of course we all want sport. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, is that we we all want sport to happen, and, and we all like, we want it all to, to to make sure that we we have all the seasons kick off, and we want it all to continue. But I, I think really the the only way that we're going to see that is if they have this regular testing and have all these clowns not doing dumb things, which we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, but I mean, Bond right now, just just now that Cootsie's had his turn. Um, I'm I'm handing the talking stick over to you. Um, and uh, what, what's that? What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, look, I think um, at the end of the day, they are athletes. They are replaceable. So, if you're looking for an <laughs> exemption, we'll just get someone who's willing to come up here and play ball, basically. So, um, I think that's the way it should be looked at. There's plenty of other better reasons for someone to get an exemption to travel back to New South Wales or Victoria or whatever, um, you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to play a sport that you love. Um, as we spoke about last week, soccer. Um, well, this is, this is more, mate, this is more the fact that uh, the government is saying that they are allowed to travel between Victoria and New South Wales and Queensland. That's 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 the point we're making. Like the the public's not allowed to, but we're saying that um, you know sports players can. So, yeah, no. I I think that they again shouldn't be allowed to do it. Like you said, okay. they're right. not yeah, exempt yeah. Um, from COVID. So not above the law, should, kind of thing. No, so I don't know why they don't hard and fast find your team, bring them up here, stick with it, um, and anyone that doesn't want to play, don't play. Um, yeah, so. exactly. Or, or do what the NRL did and, and have loan players that can players that are on, you know, reserve or practice squads or whatever that can be sent over to another team for, for a period of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless of course you're the Newcastle Knights, in which case I'd steer clear because um, <laughs> they'll they'll make sure that uh, your players don't come back for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that poor, poor Andrew McCulloch's knee, that poor bugger. Um, all right. Well, look. Yeah, that's, that's for me. I think it's it's plain and simple. Look, I think that um, the only way we can really do it is to have effectively a travel bubble. And by what I mean by that is the states that have either you know close enough to zero, so Queensland, Northern Territory, South Australia, Western Australia, Tassie, um, direct flights and no stuffing around in over the borders in, in New South Wales and, and Victoria, no messing about. Um, I just think that everyone should have to be put up in a different state. I mean, go live in Darwin for 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 bloody four months. It's a pretty uh, it's a pretty good party town. Uh, just plenty of, give us some extra new juicy news to use for God's sake. People getting in trouble on Mitchell Street, you know. Jeez, I hear I hear Jaeger bombs and. Uh, 12 before midnight is a good idea. I, I hear that's a good thing. Who would do that? I don't know. Like, I mean, particularly starting that challenge at about like 11.30 at night um, or whatever it was. Anyway, but the point is... You um, sound like a button. hero. Sounds like a hero. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that sounds like an absolute Aussie legend. That does. It sounds like <laughs> I'd someone I'd want to have a beer with for sure. Oh, 100%, mate, 100%. Um, <laughs> All right, well, look, uh, we'll move on from the travel exemptions and the bans and stuff like that. But I think that, yeah, look, I think we're all kind of on the same page there, which is that they're, they're not above the law. They need to just, you know, they, they've got a lot of TV money and if they need to sort themselves out, they are a business at the end of the day and they need to be able to make sure that they can run themselves in, in the best way possible while, while staying safe and keeping the public safe as well. Um, 
next bit for the NRL, I guess, would, would probably be something that um, this actually Bondi, this is one one probably for as close for you, mate. We, after we were talking about um, the how you, you're you're an ex Titan supporter and how they're they're not exactly um, a team that you would call uh, the most successful um, or celebrated team. Um, but they've it looks like they're starting to shore up their team and they're starting to get some, some new players. Um, one being uh, a young guy that they're trying to wrap up for a long time, uh, David Fafita. Now, the Titans have, in the past, um, wrapped up a lot of money. I actually just wrote an article, uh, jump on and have a look on um, notdenpatrick.com um, and uh, have a look at our opinions page. And there's one there um, where it talks about uh, Queensland looking for a champion. And in, and in there, part of the research I did was that the Titans – They've got nine million dollars wrapped up. Like they've got something. They've got nine million dollars in salary cap or something like that, and they've basically they've got half of their salary cap wrapped up in. Sorry, that's what it is. They've got half their salary cap wrapped up in nine players. So it, it's just, I just hope they're not doing the same thing again. But what are your thoughts? Is David Fafita going to be worth it for him? Um, in short, yes. Um. I think he's a smart move. He's a good player. He's young. He's got his head screwed on, so he's got a bit of maturity there as well. Um, and he's basically a two-for-one deal because his brother indicated that he'd go with him. Um, oh, right. Yeah, is so... Daniel, Daniel or Andrew? Uh, yes. Um, okay. I remember reading the article, but I don't remember. One of the brothers of the Broncos said okay. that he will follow. Okay. Um, yeah, so... They're looking at getting a fairly good young team there. Um, I mean, they're paying David us million dollars. I think it's one point two five or something like that a season. Um, it's something quite insane. Uh, the amount of money. I'll, I'll I'll have a look for you while you're talking about it, mate. I'll find it for you. Yeah. So I think I think he's a good buy. Um, I think they've got other young players that they can develop around him. Um, they just need to um, shore up the rest of their spine uh, and they'll, they'll be well on their way to becoming a, a top eight club. They'll, they're about 10 years off being a premiership club, I reckon, but um, they've got time to get there. Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree with you now. Um, I mean, with this one, I just had a look and it's... Uh, his market value sits about a million bucks uh, a season. It doesn't actually tell you the exact. Um, here we go. The Gold Coast Titans have reportedly just tabled a $5 million five-year contract for Fafita. So it's uh, with the option to extend uh, to a 10-year deal, much the same as what Jason Tumblolo did. So I think they're looking for, for that type of a player, that type of a calibre of a guy to come out of it as well, which um, I'm not exactly sure that, it, it is he is that Jason Tumalolo level, but it is early days. So, look, we'll see. Um, but it, it it'd be it'd be good if uh, if it does turn out that he uh, that he does work out that well because I'm just sick of the Titans being uh, being as average as they are. Really, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, look, let's have a look at the the next bit, anyways. But um, the next thing I guess we we're talking about was Sean Johnson. Um, now he. He, he had a bit of a he, he had a, an interview um, during the week where he talked about um, basically that he, he was he was asked a question about how he's become uh, how he's become more and more consistent and uh, he, he basically was now getting to a point with his game where he's uh, able to to kick with precision uh, his hands uh, his hand work is precision. Um, his, his feet work, uh, his footwork, sorry, rather, is, is brilliant. Um, but he's basically said that it's had a lot to do with performance, mentality and psychology uh, rather than just the physical side of things. So, I mean, well, I, I just wanted to see what you guys think about this, and this can come from, from, from both of you. It's just down to um, a performance-type deal um, when it comes with uh, having a psychology um, element to it. So what do you guys what do you guys think of that? Like Bondi, we'll crack on with you just so that way you don't have to uh, intentionally cut Cootsie's legs out. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for 
uh, headspace when it comes to performance. Um, like Latrell Mitchell a couple of years ago um, underperformed in a big way, both in Origin and um, at the Roosters. And um, that was to do with family issues. Underperformed at the start of the season, again, due to family issues. Um, there's other players that, you know, haven't been in the right headspace, just haven't been performing. So I think if you can shore up that headspace and be comfortable, confident and focused, um, then, yeah, you're giving 100% to the game rather than being distracted on the field. Yeah, I agree with you. That, that's a really good way to put it. Uh, did you have any anything to add there, Coots? Like, did you have any other thoughts on it? Not really. It's, it's a tough one whenever you're talking about someone's mental health or capacity to maintain focus in any sporting arena. So it's hard to, you know, you can get, regardless of the sport, you can get someone physically ready and injury-free, ready to play, and you're relying on whatever mental health professional like I'm sure there's something that exists in um, the highest level of sport, but to, to mentally sign off to play or coach or do what, whatever to do your job is always got to be an awkward one to, to assess and then evaluate. So you just – and you always run, hope with the assumption that every player and coach and official who is out there doing their job is at the highest peak possible between the ears to be able to do that. But how that's achieved is it's, it's a massive question. I, look, I, I think that's that's exactly right. And, and look, the biggest thing that I, I think is that when you when you're well for for anything really, but particularly when you're at an athlete at the top level, um, your health you've got to be, have it mind, body, soul, and also you've got to make sure you've got meaning with what you're doing as well. And I know that sound may sound a little bit hippy dippy, but it, it's it's the absolute truth. Like if you're uh, if you're say for example. Um, not being challenged mentally uh, and everything's just coming too easy, then you're just going to get bored. Um, if you're physically letting your strength and conditioning down, then it's not going to work. You're not going to have the muscular strength to do it. Um, and then it comes down to, yeah, I mean, your, your performance psychology, though, like, you, you, uh, is it meaningful to you? And, and that's where that, that, that alignment comes into it, I, I feel anyway. Um, so look, I think it's it's a really good thing, and it's a good thing that he's highlighted this week. And I hope I hope a lot more players start to take it a lot more seriously um, and get themselves looked at to to then take themselves to the next level. Because I mean, Sean Johnson, I mean, like the 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 Cronulla Sharks sure as hell weren't doing that great until he got himself sorted, were they? Um. All right. Well, look, actually speaking of getting themselves sorted, oh, actually, before we do jump in, I did want to acknowledge that it was uh, the Indigenous round, um, which is obviously probably a little bit more uh, meaningful, I guess, given what's going on in the world. But it was also, uh, I felt terrible for them in, at the same time because they weren't allowed to have a lot of crowds at the games and that sort of thing to support the cause and to support the, the Indigenous round. So, um, uh, but it's something that, that I've seen a heck of a lot of. We've got some great Indigenous players, like my, my favourite player of all time, Jonathan Thurston, obviously Indigenous background. So, um, uh, Kuti, do you know when the AFL Indigenous round is? Is that coming up soon? Yeah, I have no idea, actually, mate. They, they haven't forecast anything beyond, um, I think, mid-August. So oh, okay. at least another – well, I say two weeks, but we've got this week – this round capping off or starting tonight, finishing on Friday, and another round that goes for just the weekend. So um, hopefully they, they still do it, um, and it is on the cards at some point, but I don't think they've advertised anything just yet. All right. Well, it, and, of course, this um, particular week in AFL is problematic for us, for our super coach teams, by the way, lads. Uh, I have no idea how we're going to manage it. I, the blue dots that keep popping up on the players, I'm certainly, I don't know what this means, but anyway, we'll try and manage through. Um, but look, uh, I think uh, just we'll, we'll check in and see then. Because um, I, I remember at the at the start of the year, we did who we thought was going to be the premiership winners um, this year. Now I, I basically I, I doubted myself for a while, but uh, after after that, I I uh, I've re- reinvigorated my my thoughts and my feelings, and I still think that the Raiders are going to do back to back premierships. Um, so that's my midway point pick, lads. Uh, but uh, what, what do you think, uh, Bondi? Where, where's your 
where's your favorite? Well, give me give me your your top three, but your 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 number one pick. Like who you think is going to take it out? Uh, for me, I can't go past the Panthers this year. Um, they're looking too strong, too consistent. Um, Nathan Cleary is just a weapon. Um, number two, I've got to agree with you on the Raiders. Um, they've been a little bit inconsistent and underperforming of late, but um, I think they'll uh, get that together. And the third is obviously the Melbourne Storm. Um, and I did say the Roosters earlier, but I think they're sitting comfortably fourth um, after those three listed. Um, and the Eels, who are performing well, I just don't think have the finals credentials. So unfortunately, I'm going to put a line through them. That's fair too, man. That's fair too. Blame me. And Coots, what about yourself? I have a feeling I said Storm, and um, that seems to be a fairly fairly safe bet so far. Sitting pretty second on the ladder, so I have a feeling <laughs> I went Storm. I can't quite remember. But oh, if I, did, I think you did. I think, you did I think it's a Storm at this point, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Well, I look, man. My, my, my top three. Um, I, Basically, I've got uh, the Roosters, I've got the Raiders, and I've got the Storm. Um, and then I've got basically uh, the Eels, um, the Panthers, and um, yeah, there's sorry, the Eels and the Panthers uh, in in the next in that tied sort of fourth position. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the Canberra's going to take it out. But look, that's pretty much um, all I've got for the NRL news. Um, except I'll, t- I'll touch on some extra news later. With the um, with uh, NRL a bit more, but it'll be what I say something nice. Um, so, what uh, did you have any other points there, lads, for the NRL? No, no. Awesome. All right. Well, look, let's jump over to the AFL and have a look. Um, now, uh, look, we'll we'll start it off with what um, I'll, I'll get my pain out of the way first. Uh, the Pies got absolutely pummeled. Um, what by West Coast, we're just and, and then we're I mean we're then we're just continuing our losing streak, which is really not doing very well. Um, we're going downhill, and we, then we're copying it in the media. Cootsie, mate, you sent me through um, uh, some stuff there, the, the story earlier about Maguire and um, Bucks, and I saw one earlier uh, calling for Buckley to step aside because of COVID breaches and. Um, all these other, all these other things that are happening, and and they're talking about making steel side bottom captain as well. Um, you know, retain the vice captaincy and all that after being a muppet and getting a four game suspension. So, uh, look, it just the, the organisation is at the moment in an absolute shambles, and we are playing uh, accordingly uh, to that. Um, but I don't know what, what what are your thoughts, mate? What do you reckon is going on? It's kind of uh, par for the course for Collingwood. When you are the biggest club in terms of membership and people, one way or the other, people love Collingwood or they hate Collingwood. There's no impartial viewers when it comes to Collingwood. When you have, when you, like I said, when you're such a big club and when you have a guy like Eddie McGuire as president who's on nearly every other AFL talk show and, you know, hot seat and all this other stuff, he's in the media quite constantly. So... Uh, you know, you kind of have to live and die by the sword if you're a Collingwood fan. And the problem is as soon as the results aren't there and you just all of a sudden you drop a game to Freo that should be a comfortable win and then you fall outside the eight, you know, people throw a bit more fuel on the fire and they'll talk COVID breaches and Bucks playing tennis and whatever else hell's yeah. going on. Um, yeah. The one with Steel is a bit interesting. I always love when, you know, media and, media and outside influencers seem to get in and go, well, how can you make this guy captain or vice captain when he's done something wrong or, or players then needing to surrender a captaincy because they've done something off the field? Um, you'd like to think that the players who have elected who their leader, who their captain is going to be, obviously know the character and the leadership of that player better than anyone else in the media. So when they go out and do stupid things, the clubs kind of have to do what, well, kind of have to take, have to, you know, um, back their player. And if the players, if the players want him to be their captain and and they want Steele to be that leader on the field, um, then it's no one else's decision but the players who make that decision at the end of the day. Oh, look, I I think I I agree with you 
to 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 a point with that. Um, but uh, I, I do think the club should pay. Well, he has been punished with a four game ban, but. I, I don't know. It just—I I think the club needs to punish him as well for being an idiot. But that's just my own opinion. Um, but um, mate, look, let's uh, let's jump over and have a look um, with Dustin Martin. He—he he came back for Richmond, and they once once he did, mate. That they've just been a whole other team. Um, like I mean, that they just pumped the Bulldogs by fifty. Oh, 41, Sorry. Um, they they just. Got up and they, they they never looked like they was like, like they were not in control and there's he's kind of like you were talking about um, with the goey he's the kind of I, I have a feeling that he's their Jenga piece um, but the question I have is with Justin uh, in the side and healthy um, do you do you think that they will be able to get through to the Premiership? I don't think the issue will be with Dusty. I think I don't think Dusty is going to be enough to put the whole rest of the team on his back and get him over the line. He is that that X factor, awkward forward matchup, and yet goes in the midfield. Um, doesn't really come off the field, yeah, except probably you know mid to late in the game for a breather. But he is, you know, he's a, a, a raging bull in the midfield. When you put him forward, you can, there's no matchup for him, very similar to Dugowie. But I think the issue with Richmond just seems to be if they can get if they can get 22 healthy on the park, I reckon they're as dangerous club in the AFL as there is. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have from from 22 to kind of the next eight players on that list you can bring in and play and they can still have a fair chance to win pretty much every game. Um, mm, it's the yep, problem yep. when you start losing players to other clubs and then you start getting injuries to those best 22, then you've got to send the next lot in as a group. You can lose one or two, but you're losing a chunk of players at time, which is what they've done. And then to replenish those stocks obviously hurts them a little bit. They're not don't quite have the polish around the ball. Um, mm. But the, the biggest mm-hmm. issue seems to be this year for them what about is the... Uh, sandpaper, sandpaper around the ball? <laughs> well, the biggest issue I, I can see when I watch Richmond play is uh, their forward line. So the Lynch and Rewalt, which worked really well last year for them, um, Lynch went on to be the Coleman. They're, they're, those guys are missing some ridiculously easy goals. I don't know what it was, the break or whatever you put it down to, but we were, I watched Lynch miss one from inside the goal square directly in front, which is harder to miss than it is to kick a goal. So the, yep. the issue for my mind is is that that forward line structure needs to get sorted out because Richmond were, even when they had Rewalt, it was one dominant forward and they had guys like Daniel Rioli um, and Higgins that were just, if the ball went to ground, they were lightning quick. The, the forward pressure they put on was second to none, and, and that seems to be what they're really lacking so far this year. But I reckon as we get to the pointy end of the season, Richmond are going to be right up there. And Bulldogs proved it a couple of years ago. You don't need to be top four to win the flag anymore. If they're, they're fifth now, there's no reason why they can't win it from there. Uh, you're, you're, you're right. I, I think it's just more uh, – I thought they, um, they were exposed by Richmond a little bit. They did quite well. Um, there were some big wins um, throughout the um, the AFL with Port being beating Melbourne convincingly, Hawks getting up against Carlton. Sorry, mate, I'll skip over that one. I won't make, won't put you through too much punishment. Yeah, we can skip that one. We can skip yep. that. One. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> the Lions had an absolute thumping of Essendon. Uh, Ninety-one to twenty-eight is just ridiculous. North Melbourne they beat um, Adelaide Crows, uh, which you know no big deal there. That's it was a, it was a convincing win. It was. You know, uh, well over ten goals, but um, but still, like it was just not that big of a deal to me. But the question that I did get out of that, which is, God, I hope he gets a good offer somewhere, is uh, where is Brad Crouch going to end up, mate? Uh, I reckon he's short price favourite to go to the Gold Coast. Ooh. And then if I had to throw Ruffy in there, maybe North Melbourne. North Melbourne seemed to uh, try and recruit players every year and crash and burn. I think they had a chance mm. at Dylan Shield, and that didn't work out. They tried Gaff, that didn't work. They tried Josh no. Kelly, that didn't work. Um, yep. But they have recruited a few. But um, I just have a feeling Gold Coast, I'm sure they've still got money to burn. They're, they're just paying kids, really, apart from a couple of um, other senior players. they got Greenwood from Adelaide. Um, and there's one other like I can't think of his name as well that they recruited in there. So I think they're not money to burn. And Crouch, he he fit in, slot in well in that midfield straight off the bat. 
Absolutely, absolutely, mate. I agree with you completely. Um, he'd do quite well. But I, I mean, I, I think Adelaide might try and retain him, but I, I don't know. I don't know where he, what's going to happen with him. But you're probably right. I'd say Gold Coast probably could do with some uh, with his, with his talents. I would say. Um, game of the week for me was probably West Coast versus Geelong. Um, but the the biggest thing that I, I, I took out of this, um, like it was the, basically the St Kilda. They 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 just keep on rolling. Like I just. I, I can't like yeah they they lost one game out of the last five but they they I don't know when they win they they beat they really they really win when they're on they're on I mean they're, they're top three now and I I can actually I mean touch wood for them but good good God man I can see him as a chance for the flag look they're they're the real surprise packet this year if you look at I mean they're no they've played teams they haven't. Playing any slouches, they're, they've scalped, they've taken the dogs, um, Carlton, which when they were in form, um, but they knocked off Port, they knocked off Richmond, so they're winning against good players. We're not, we're not just ta- talking about them beating Adelaide and Melbourne and North Melbourne. They've they've taken significant wins. The big one over the Swans on the weekend was the one that kind of really stuck out because it was the first significant big win in a row to cut, to, to string a few games together. And the biggest one that I've noticed is they've recruited really well. They, they picked up, they kind of identified the lack of outside speed. So they had a lot of inside contested ball winners. And yet um, Zach Jones has been amazing for him so far this year. Brad Hill, we haven't seen too much of. I think he's been injured in now. And then the, I think Royal Marshall, their ruckman, has been one of the most improved players so far this year. He's keeping Paddy Ryder out of the team for Christ's sake. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, Paddy, Paddy is a, he's, he's been back for the last couple of weeks, but he's been out of position though. He's been more uh, as uh, kind of like a Mason Cox role playing that big forward. Well, they've found a way to actually put them both in the team now. So Paddy Ryder is. And not just for a ruckman, because we say a lot of things about he's quite a good kick for a ruckman. But he yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. quite a quite a, a very. I reckon honestly, second to probably, or second third to probably Matty Cruiser from Carlton. I'm a little bit biased there, but he's always been a great set shot at goal for Ruckman and probably Big Boy from Hawthorne. They're they're the two that's really stand out for me in terms of goal kicking Ruckman. But the statistically, the biggest thing for St Kilda that sticks out is then the most efficient 50 metre team. So um, when they kick goals, they kick accurately at goals. Uh, I think they have the highest inside 50 of any team in the AFL, and they have the most tackles inside 50, which means when they win the ball, they keep it in their forward half when the ball rarely does come to ground. So, uh, And and kudos to Rats is there as well, ex-Carlton, great, that you always seem to like six ever since he was unfortunately let go at Carlton. Um, He spent a couple of years there at Hawthorne. He's now, has that Saints team looking really dangerous? Yeah, you're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong. It's um, it's I I can't see them like dropping out of the eight now. I think they're on a roll and they're going to carry that through. But it will be certainly very interesting. Um, I think Butler's doing well for them as well, Steele. But yeah, they're, they're doing quite well. Um, uh, what else we got there? I think that, that's pretty much it for me for the for the AFL. Um, but I think you might have a bit more AFL news a little bit later on. Cootie, it's a little bit cheeky. Am I am I right? Yeah, that's a very fair assessment, yes. Yeah, fair enough, cool. All right, well, look, um, we'll jump over and we'll have a look then. Um, we've got we've got some sports overseas. Um, they, actually, well, just before we do leave uh, Australia and have a look at some other sporting um, issues over over in the States and whatnot, Ash Barty um, pulled the pin, I believe, um, on going through and touring with the tennis, um, which is a genuine bummer um, because she is, uh, she is by far our best tennis player, um, and she's she's um, a, a, she's a uh, I guess a a very classy representative for Australia that you want to have out there. Um, on the flip side of the coin, Nick Kyrgios said he's not going to go and play, um, uh, and I really couldn't give a crap um, because uh, I think he is uh, basically about as I don't know exciting as a house brick and about as use, as useful as a chocolate teapot. So. You know, he's um, basically just not uh, not not really worth. But he come out and said he's not going to go over either. So, um, I'm uh, you know mixed emotions with those ones. But um, but that that's pretty much that one there. So the tennis will be interesting this year. I, I just I think it's just going to be, um, 
uh, look, uh, I don't know what the tennis is going to happen this year. Um, what, what do you guys think? Do Bob Bondi, do you reckon the tennis will go ahead this year? Or? No, there's no reason tennis can't go ahead. Um, it's just managing yeah. players, crowds, support staff, that kind of thing. So yeah, tennis yeah. is one of the easiest sports to social distance when you're thinking about it. I mean, yeah. you've got your linesmen, you've got your ball boys and girls, uh, for that matter. But And you've got two players on the court, or four at most. So, you know, I don't understand why tennis isn't back up and running. This is one yeah, of the things, mate, I, really. I don't, yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was basically right there behind golf and uh, pool. Um, but <laughs> yeah, basically, exactly. it, you know, like it, the, the ball, the ball boys or ball girls, the... the should uh, they all they need all the lines and can all wear masks and if they're handling um, tennis balls and just wear gloves that's that's simple as that and I mean the players of course you know they just do their thing but but for anyone any of the support staff yeah that's all they need to do I don't think it was that tricky um, we just fixed tennis well done good job lads um, um, but uh, look let's let's jump over and have a look. Um, why don't we go to motorsport? Um, you blokes uh, know a heck of a lot more about this than I do. Um, I, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I just laugh at pink opting out because I thought when someone sent it to me, I thought they were talking about the singer, um, but I, I didn't know what was going on. But apparently, pink the racing team. What's going on with these guys? Uh, like, it, it, please explain to me what the hell this all means. I think uh, that's a polite pause for you, Coots. I'm lost, dude. I don't know what you're talking about, Pink. With Pink the Pink Racing Team. So, in terms of Formula One... Yeah, didn't you say that they, they pulled out? So, one of their drivers tested positive for COVID. Right. Is that what you're referring to? Uh, yeah, I think that might be... Yeah, that was what... Because you sent me a news story. I thought it said something about them deciding to... Well, yeah, that's what I thought. Am I am I am I not correct in, in what I've read? Or uh, I don't know. I can roll with what I was going to talk about Formula One if you like. We just kick it off that way. And uh, you yeah, correct sure. me if I'm wrong later. No, no, no go, so, go, go so, for it, man. So with the, we, had, we had the um, British Grand Prix on Sunday and earlier in the week, um, Sergio Perez, who's one of the racing point drivers, which is the pink Mercedes, yes. uh, he tested positive for COVID. He's the first... Formula One driver to test positive in the um, season reboot. Um, former Daniel Ricciardo teammate Nico Hulkenberg um, took his seat at uh, in the Racing Point. Um, looked really good in practice three. I think he qualified twelfth. Uh, unfortunately for him, I uh, think things went bad to worse after being called off the couch like a week earlier after saying, "Hey, can you drive? Go drive a Formula One car." Uh, as they went to start it to take it out onto the racetrack, it actually never started. So something within the engine failed and the car actually never, the engine actually never turned over. So he never actually got to race, but apparently Sergio, because of the restrictions that Formula One have put in place, he'll actually miss the repeat. Well, not repeat, but the, like they had in Austria, they doubled up at the, um, the British Grand Prix as well. So they do the same yes. race again yep. next weekend. So hopefully the Hulk gets the race again in that one which would be yep. interesting to see. Um, the race itself was actually chaotic, probably the last 20-odd laps. Um, Hamilton limped home, and I, I do mean limped home. He had three tyres, but at the end of the race, he was racing on the sidewall of the tyre that let go for some reason. The Pirelli tyre life just didn't didn't have the – well, the Pirelli tyre didn't have the life in it that people – that they forecast anyway, and there was a lot of puncture and tyre de- um, degradation – um, and Hamilton, I think, luckily was 30-odd seconds on the last lap. And in, like the last lap, literally, you could see sparks flying off the rim and the, the entire tyre had collapsed. And he literally limped that poor Mercedes over the line to win. Oh, jeez, there you go. Well, he, he's, he's a champion and to win on that. Um, but didn't you say that there's, um, uh, the, there's going to be a bit of an investigation to Pirelli, right? Is, have they got any history of this happening before? No, I, I don't think it's – it's a weird one to be the tyre supplier for Formula One. I think the issue seems to be that no one forecast that the tyre degradation was going to be that bad. So, obviously, every year teams are uh, improving uh, to the regulations. In theory, I say regulations with air quotes because, again, 
that famous line that I stole of looking for the unfair advantage. Yep, so yep. there's all no, the players which are, okay, we'll steal it. Each, um, so Pirelli, who are the tyre suppliers, they, they obviously produce all these tyres through simulation, how they think the tyre life will be. So I think a year or two ago, the different compounds of tyres got way too confusing. They're something like medium soft, super soft, ultra soft and hyper soft. Right, right. And Jesus. depending on where they raced in the world, uh, they had diff- They only take three different types of tyres as well as a wet and an intermediate. They only take three tyres to each racetrack. So the issue they right. found on a track, like a street circuit where the tyre degradation was quite high, they basically rebuilt the, um, uh, the different types of tyres depending on where they were racing. Whereas in this year, I think last year they did it, they're a little bit smarter and like, okay, let's get rid of super and ultra and hyper soft. And we're going to have three combines of tires called hard, medium and soft. And then behind the scenes, the medium might be the ultra and the super, the soft might be the super, whatever those actual names really are. Yeah, for the yeah, yeah. public watching it, let's just simplify it and make it easier. With every year with the cars going through um, you know, evolution of the, mechanics and arrow every year the degradation on the tire constantly changes so you throw temperature wind track surface everything into it that the tires they're going to degrade at different rates so i think the big question had to be asked at pirelli is the tires that were fitted were supposed to last say 50 laps they really only lasted about 30 or 40 laps before the the grip really started to fall away on them so that that was the real question that was kind of asked at pirelli is why wasn't the tire life there Gotcha, gotcha. That's true. And and look, and that's the thing, like these guys, they don't mess about. Like, I mean, I think Bondi, you told me about it a bit before, is that they they really have this down to the millisecond. Um, I mean the the pit laps, the pit those those like the pit stops rather, um, uh, lap timings, like it all comes down to milliseconds, including fuel burn, um, RPM rates, you know, engine management, everything like that. that that's and, and of course if you're losing ten laps out of a tire. Um, or a set of tyres or whatever, that's going to be detrimental, right? Yeah, absolutely. It even goes into, you know, fuel loads for the cars and the weight, power, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's incredible. Like, you see the final laps of some races, Bathurst springs to mind in particular, where they're getting fu- getting across the line on fumes. Like, you got Flintstones drivers out there trying to you know, <laughs> push themselves across the line any way they can. So. Um, yeah, in, in racing, it comes down to those milliliters, milliseconds, you know, whatever they can do to get that competitive advantage. That's nuts, isn't it? No, it's nuts. All right, well, look, well, did you guys have any other further bits and pieces on, on the racing world? Anything with V8s, anything with F1, anything else? No, mate, not here. All good, mate. Perfect. All right, lads. Well, look, let's jump over and have a look at some sports overseas. Um Look, uh, I saw that, uh, like, Thor obviously started CrossFit. I mean, it makes perfect sense for a man of his size to be doing CrossFit. Um, but uh, no, just saw, that was just a crazy post for anyone that hasn't looked, uh, looked it up. Uh, just jump in and it, it's, it's just worth a read. That was just, that's all, all, all I'll say about it. Um, but, uh, it, it. It's an absolute cracker. Have, have a look at it. Um, but, yeah, just Thor doing CrossFit. It's beautiful. Um, now, but the, the, the big stuff um, that I wanted to – to talk about, I guess, um, with the American sports at the moment, it, it's all in a bit of a shambles at the moment. I mean, the Major League Baseball, I just I just read um, on uh, CBS.com, uh, and they, they just said a full 20% of the Major League Baseball players uh, of, of, of clubs are actually sidelined due to COVID issues. I mean, I mean, this does not bode well for the NFL. I mean, the NBA is back up and running, thank God. But this does not bode well for the NFL, who's already lost their preseason, um, which I don't really count the preseason as much of a loss in terms of viewership, but it's important for, for a team to get gelling. Um, but, I mean, Bondi, mate, you're, you're our resident baseball guru. Um, I mean, mate, what, what's, what are your thoughts? What are they going to do? Um, I don't really know, mate. Like, I didn't really think baseball was going to be one of those um, sports that was a real threat with COVID. Um, I mean, it's not a contact sport. You don't have players exchanging bodily fluids uh, or anything like that. So, 
Um, I thought, you know, they'd all be fairly well socially distanced on the field, off the field, whatever. Um, so, yeah, with 20% out, it doesn't look too good for the season, uh, particularly when they're playing double, triple headers um, on a bus to the next location, uh, doing it all again. So uh, this could spread like wildfire if the season does go ahead, but um, it's just an indication that America needs to pull their socks up. Um and take COVID seriously because yeah, mate, if they don't, you know. Yeah, I was just gonna say if they Sorry, don't, mate, it's go ahead. A massive detriment uh, to their sporting, to their mental health, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, they just need to to take it seriously. No, mate. Look, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you. Um, I I think that um, basically, like they they really need to to. To get their get their shit in a sock because basically, um, if it doesn't, you know, if it keeps going the way it's going, they're going to have no no one left to play. Um, plain and simple. I mean, we've got the NFL is is kicking off uh, very shortly. They're really not far off at all um, with the August. Um, rookies have already reported, um, and veterans just reported a few days ago for for training camps. I mean they're all starting off now like the, the, it's not far off. It's not it's not far away for them to actually start playing games. Um so look I I don't exactly know what's going to happen but it's it's going to be very interesting to see but um with so many players opting out like I've I've, I've got a a list of them the biggest ones probably um from um Stefan Gilmore I believe it was um, who actually opted out? I think it was. I'm just having a look. Um, it was from New England. It, uh, well, be a sec, so, uh, but yeah, like, it, but there's just a lot of players opting out. Um, like Matt, even Patrick Chung from New England. He and Matt La, Matt Lacoste is not such a big deal. Um, but there's some guys like oh, Nate Solder, who's a stalwart on on the offensive line for the Giants, has opted out already. Um, there's there's guys. Uh, some of these guys. Um, you wouldn't have even heard of, but Donta Hightower, sorry, Donta Hightower was the guy, um, he's a linebacker in New England that I was thinking of. Um, but then they've got a stack of guys like backup, like, and when I say backup, I mean like fourth, fifth, sixth on the depth chart opting out and they just get paid a stipend regardless. Um, so I can understand the logic in opting out of the season for them. Um, but when, you, when you're looking at guys like Donta Hightower who – are on kajillions of dollars, um, they're, then they're saying, no, I'm not going to play. Um, they're, they're, and they're seeming to be smarter than than, um, than what uh, Trump seems to be doing at the moment. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I mean, it's I'm, I'm genuinely concerned. I, I know the season will go ahead. I just don't know whether the, the quality of football is going to be much lower um, or if they're going to play a lot more conservatively um, because there's going to be less depth available. Um, so I, I don't know what's going to happen, but Coots, what are your what are your thoughts on on the NFL and and uh, in terms of all the opt outs and everything like that? Is yeah, it's a tough one, isn't? It? Um, the Patriots by far have the most opt outs out of any team so far, and a couple of names you hit there, like Hightower is he is the man in that defense. If Brady was the offensive leader, he was by far the most important defensive player for the Patriots. Um, you throw Patrick Chung in that list, and then as well Marcus Cannon, the tackle. I know he's been injured a little bit, but he's he's there's three guys straight off the bat. They're they're straight away starters that aren't going to be there for the entire season, so that's going to hurt them. Um, I think Gilmore was the one. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he opted out. Most of them seem to be for family reason. I think he he him and his wife have been had a newborn. I think they had a couple of miscarriages before that, so he's obviously. I think he put out a post saying that he'd put football before his family for so many years that he just had to put his family first this time, which he can understand. But oh, of course, it, it's a funny one. Oh, it just and you feel for that instance. It's the baseball one baffles me a little bit because their CBA they had so many battles between the players' association and the owners to get a uh, baseball season going that the players didn't want to take a pay cut, so they came back with okay, let's play half a season. With no money, and then the players went, no, we're the ones at risk and everything. So, you know, we, we want to get paid outright. So I think the latest decision was 60 games, full money, and then something is clearly happening behind the scenes of how these outbreaks are happening because Bondi's bang on. Baseball doesn't seem like a game where the risk of contracting on field 
is particularly high. Mm. So there's something is happening outside of the clubhouse that is, whether it's players or staff or officials or whoever, that the governance behind the scenes probably isn't there to allow this season going on. No, I agree. And, and I think it's, it's, it's much tougher as well um, because we are talking about organisations that are enormous. They, I mean, uh, the, an NFL team alone, when they've cut down the team to the, to the starting team as 52 people, and that's just the players. Um, I mean, it, it's, just, it, it's just crazy. It, and, and, of course, in baseball, there's, there's dozens and dozens of people. Um, you know, it, it's, just, it's just how it goes. I mean, they've got to try and manage it. Um, as best they can. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, the NBA is back. Um, the Spurs had a win. Uh, they beat the Grizzlies by two. Good job. Um, but um, but uh, even they've had a lot of issues with COVID as well, and they're inside a bubble. But, look, we'll see what happens. Um, that's, that's literally just going to have to be a wait-and-see-type thing. But um, now the other... <laughs> I mean, the money's still flowing, though. Let's face it, Joe Burrow just, uh, he was in the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, first overall, $36.1 million rookie contract. Not bad, not a bad uh, paycheck for a, uh, I think he's 20, 21 maybe. Um, but he's, he's yeah, not, not bad there at all. And Joey Bosa was the other big one, five-year, $135 million deal. Um, so, you know, $40 million bucks a year. Um, well, not quite much, so that much, sorry, $35 million bucks a year. Uh, not something to be sneezed at there. No, I think Bose is a big one there for LA as well. Like he was a third overall pick, and he's been a champion since he. I think he's. Uh, I think Khalil Mack still makes more than him. I'm not too sure, but still, we're we're yes, talking serious that. money. And and then with um, obviously with Rivers going has probably opened up the checkbook or the the room, the banking account a little bit as well, because yes. he obviously him on you know, uh, veteran quarterback money is significant in terms of percentage-wise against the salary cap. So oh, I think huge, him yeah. going, yeah, you can pay a rookie contract to Herbert, potentially get a very similar result straight off the bat anyway. And then a guy who has, is probably one of the most important, is probably or one of the two most important positions defensively anyway, that, that pass rushing is almost the quarterback money on defense. So you have oh, to spend 100%. it there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you there. And, and look, it, it's great when uh, when they can free up some money um, to to spend elsewhere because they can get quality talent um, like Joey Bosa to um, to actually stick around because uh, the Chargers, uh, it, it sure as hell they need it, man. I, I'm, I've been I've been waiting for the Chargers to, to to win a season, mate. I've been back I've been backing them. I have got a soft spot for them, so I, don't know, I just wish they'd, I wish they'd hurry up and pay up, mate. Because I, I Jesus, come on. <laughs> you and me both, man. You and me both. Uh, that's it. That's it. Um, all right. Well, look. Let, let's jump over. Um, uh, I, I actually. Well, that's that's actually pretty much it for for all the bits and pieces I really had for in terms of news. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to to add into to the news? No, mate. All good for me, mate. All righty. Well, look. Let's um, let's kick off. Let's go with. Um, Actually, this week we'll we'll lead off with the the wanker of the week, mate. Go for it, Coots. So let's see what do we got. Well, this is from last week, actually, which uh, I didn't see till I was watching the bounce last night, and I'm like, that'll do. Um, we all <laughs> see, we all see. Soccer is big for it when you know at the end of the game the players swap Guernseys, tops, whatever. Uh, it filters over in a few other sports. Uh, I famously remember uh, and being a Carlton fan as well. Daisy Thomas on his last game ever playing AFL, some bloke had a sign made up that said, hey, Daisy, can I have your jumper? As he walked off the ground, and sure enough, Daisy being the top bloke he was, Guernsey went off, threw it in the crowd, and the, and the, the guy went crazy for it. But just last weekend gone, Geelong forward, Tom Hawkins, at the, um, the win over Frio, walking off the ground, back down the race, stripped off his shorts for some reason, and then right. tossed them to a fan in the crowd. Well, mate, he, he, he must be um, re- trying to reincarnate Warwick Kappa. Um, I think he just may, maybe he thinks he's got a particularly good butt, I guess. I don't know, but that's, um, that's, that's very strange behaviour. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. Why would he, why, like, did, did, has he had an interview to say why he did it? 
Oh, uh, nothing that I've can that can see. Like the, the awkward thing is they all then stand around to sing the circle, sing the song, and he's doing that in his jocks. I think he had a towel strategically placed for a little bit of privacy at least. But I'm like, it's your own stupid fault. Why are you shorts though? Wait, and then who in the crowd awkward. wants his shorts? I'm surely someone yelled out, "Can I have you?" Who would want them? Bondi, can I just ask you a question here, mate? Just to make sure I'm not being crazy. I'm picking up a theme. With Coochie's wanker of the week, mate, because I believe I can't think it was last week or the week before. I'm pretty sure it was last week. We had it. We had a pen, a little, a, 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 a mini panther escaping, um, and then this week we've got with Tom Whippet puns. Are you seeing a theme like I am, or I am? Yes. I've been in the desert next too long. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the yeah. desert a bit too long. I think. <laughs> He's, he's, he's getting too bored. He's getting too bored. <laughs> That's a good one, though, mate. No, like Tommy Hawkins doing that. It's always, it's always, uh, <laughs> it's always funny when when uh, players go and do silly things like that. I love it. It, it just adds to entertainment. I think. Yeah, I think maybe that's just why he did it, just for entertainment value. But good on him. Nice. Good on him, mate. A good candidate. I loved it. Um, <laughs> but uh, Bondi, mate. Uh, what have we got in terms of obscure sportage this week, mate? Uh, I've gone to Russia this week. Um, I know I touched on curling about week four or week five. Um, and the Russians have taken it one step further and they've got car curling. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they use cars to play the ice sport of curling. Um, so they've drawn a massive target on this big ice lake. Um, and you've got nine blokes pushing a car and one bloke steering. Um, and you've basically got to get it into the target as per curling. Um, I just, I don't know who decided to use a car. <laughs> did they, just, just, they, just, they just got bored and just decided, you know what? These, uh, these pucks aren't, um, or these, these the, the, the little discus, disc of things that use, they're just not quite good enough anymore. We need to, we need to turn the, turn the, uh, turn the heat up and, uh, off they went and decided to grab a car. <laughs> yeah, maybe they just, just do. Trolling. Maybe they were just finding they were doing it anyway. Like because while they're driving, they were just doing it anyway. So they thought, why not turn it into a game? Well, that could absolutely be it. But yeah, I was just trolling through sports news on the interwebs, and that popped up, and I'm like, that is insane. Who would drive a car onto an ice lake at a bunch of other cars? But uh, the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're ever asking a question of who the hell would do that, you could probably answer it with, with just that, with the Russians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> if it's crazy, it's the Russians. <laughs> right, that's, that's, oh, mate, it's sensational. Oh, mate, but uh, did, actually, as I ask you, as always, does this one have a world championship or is it purely exclusively a Russian endeavour? Uh as far as I know, it's purely a Russian endeavour. Um, no one else is crazy enough to get in a car and drive it at a bunch of other cars on an ice lake. Hey, man, if the Americans hear that, mate, they'll probably get into it too. <laughs> yeah. Russians <laughs> can't do anything better than us. Watch this. <laughs> hold, hold me beer. Um, uh, no, well, that's fair enough. That's a good one too. Well, look, what I'll do is I'll, I'll finish it off now with uh, with saying something nice. And for for me this week, it's actually something that's quite good because usually, like, I, I, we we all three of us have really, um, I guess, shat on, uh, shat upon the uh, the NRL governing. Um, uh, I guess just gen in general speaking, and just running the NRL because they've just been so rubbish at it. Um, but basically, something something good has actually finally come out of them, and it's uh, it's aimed at women's rugby league. And basically, what what's happened is that they've um, there there was a reporter that worked for NRL.com, um, Katie Katie Brown, and um, she is now just debuted for um, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, the reason that that's something that I think is is quite a, an important thing. Um, and something that is that is worthy of actually bringing up is the fact that the, the last time um, they they got any real TV money out of a women's uh, rugby league game was pretty much never because unfortunately it, it just doesn't get the television rights. It just doesn't have 
anything that really comes out of it. I mean, they're, they're playing, um, you know, like QRL and and um, and all that sort of stuff, and 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 park footy before they play the women's games on TV, which to me is just not good enough. But basically, they've kept the season running despite being in financial strife. They've managed to keep going with the women's um, national, uh, like top level competition, the Harvey Norman Premiership. Um, and I, I thought that was great that the NRL, despite the fact that they could, you know, basically they were they were hanging on by a thread. They actually um, didn't just go, oh look, there's a way to cut costs because we don't get you know TV money out of it. But they actually kept the the code running. They kept the women's game going. Um, and I thought that was really just I thought it was great that they actually kept that kept that alive. I, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but that was certainly something that I, I mean, it shouldn't have to be applauded, but I think it, it, it deserves it because of the way that um, like they've they've basically been for, for, for so long and the way that the NRL has typically behaved and, and the way that they've gone about the Women's Rugby League. Yeah, mate, any recognition for female sport I think is a step forward. Um, keeping it in the public eye is the biggest key um, because all too often it doesn't get the um, television space and that kind of stuff that the men's sport does. Um, so I think, yeah, good on NRL for doing that, um, and it's definitely a way forward. No, for sure. All right, lads. Well, look, um, I, I better run away because, I'm, uh, as I said, I'm on holidays from early beach, but did you guys have anything else you wanted to add? No, mate. Enjoy your holiday. All right, boys. Well, look, and, and uh, have a great one. And um, look, if you if you have anything else, um, just let us know. We'll uh, we'll sling it up on the website, or I'll, I'll chuck it on Instagram. But uh, make sure you subscribe, like, and all that kind of good gear. Thanks. Well, that's the end of the episode, and thanks so much for listening. And tune in next time for some more next level content. And please do make sure you subscribe and review. It's a big help to us. Cheers.